Hi guys, Russell here. Um, I now remember why I, I had to take some time off from managing money as I've been spending the last uh, week or so analyzing Blackstone more carefully. And, uh, you know, you, and I suddenly remember when you actually have to put real money to work, you suddenly need to do a lot more in-depth analysis and thinking before you can really do it. And that's the great thing about money. It really does focus the mind. Um, and so you know, one of the areas I've been interested in is private equity uh, uh, and why and how it's held up much better this year than I would have expected. So I've taken a closer look at, at Blackstone to try and get an idea of you know, what we're looking at and why is it doing relatively well uh, and why is that and you know, how that could end. So you know, the first thing, and this is sort of re- just taking a couple of slides from a previous post, is that AUM at Blackstone has continued to rise. This has been a, su- a surprise to me. Uh, you know, my general view is higher interest rates would probably see AUM fall at Blackstone, but they report increasing AUM. Um, and so when we look at like a market cap to AUM type valuation, which is a very simple valuation for, for, for Blackstone, you could argue it's a buy. It's sort of down in the sort of uh, a reasonable range for valuation uh, on a market cap to AUM basis. And so, you know, maybe it's okay. Now, for me, you know, I thought that when short rates, uh, Fed fund rates went to 5%, you'd have a double whammy on private equity. First of all, uh, the big institutional investors would no longer be interested in putting money with private equity because they can get plenty of money on short-term rates uh, with no risk and great liquidity. And also that valuations would take a hit. Uh, and so that would create a very negative environment for private equity. That was my assumption. So when I started to look into this, uh, Bloomberg has a very sort of thorough uh, private equity sort of chart book. Um, and what we can see is this is uh, you know a chart of uh, publicly reported uh, commitments to private equity. Um, and it's just an idea of fund flow into the industry. And what you can see is 2017 was a record year for, for fund flow uh, into private equity. But then, and it stayed at relatively high levels. And then as interest rates went up in 2022, fund flow has declined by about half. And what we're looking at to 2023, if we annualize that half year number, it's halved again down to 20 billion. So when you have 20 billion of new money or new commitments going into private equity. So again, you know, this fitted in with my sort of my bearish view of what was happening in the private equity, equity space. The problem is, is that when you go then look at individual funds uh, that are getting closed in the sort of last quarter, we see like Blackstone, for example, closed a $30 billion fund, um, which is larger than the total new commitment to private equity. Um, and then we can see there are a number of large funds that got closed recently. Uh, and, you know, altogether that adds up to, you know, well over, uh, uh, over $144 billion um, was closed in just the last quarter. So it was annualizing it somewhere like, you know, 600. So you sort of think, oh, hang on a second. You know, Bloomberg is saying that public commitments to private equity are down. Private equity firms are, have closed 140 billion of, of funds just in one quarter. How, how can this be? You know, what's going on? So I think one of the things is a bit of a hint is if you look at the Blackstone Real Estate Partners, they've got an X-Layer, XLP, so this is the 10th fund that they've launched. Uh, so if you go and look at Blackstone sort of uh, results, what, you can sh- what they show you is that 
they still have this sort of convoy uh, system with their real estate partner funds. So when one fund closes, they open a new one. So it's almost like they have a constant sequel. And I think the idea is that as money, money that the money when you make money in one fund, you then just reinvest into the next fund, into the next fund, and the next fund. So there's this constant rollover. Uh, and so, you know, it gives the investors the idea of some liquidity uh, moments when they could take a view on what they want to do with the money. And for, for Blackstone, it also means there's a constant sort of end to the fund when all the fees get crystallized and then they can roll into a new fund. So it seems to work for both sides. And so as long as uh, you know asset prices are rising, this should create a natural sort of snowball effect uh, for these funds. So when we look at the amount of money going into private equity, even though it's reduced, if their funds are still performing well and they can roll them over, then they should probably still report strong AUM or AUM growth. And I think that that is what we're, we're seeing. Um, again, going looking at the uh, Blackstock, sort of, uh, Blackstone uh, uh, quality results more carefully, what I found interesting is they report total AUM that shows real estate at $330 billion, private equity at 290 credit insurance 290 So you got like a, a fairly even split between these three big, big branches. But when they actually report fee-earning AUM, then real estate is much, much larger than private equity. Okay, much larger. The gap between uh, AUM and fee-earning AUM is the smallest in, in, in real estate. Um, but what is weird is even though real estate has more fee-earning assets, it actually still earns uh, about the same or a little bit, you know, almost the same as private equity. So what I would imply is the private equity fees are much, much larger so that they can still generate uh, a lot of revenue on a smaller base. Okay, so that was interesting for me. I, so we know that a lot of their assets are in real estate, um, but those real estate assets gen- generally earn less money. And what we also saw, or what we can see from the Blackstone quarterly results, is that they've built up a number of what they call per- perpetual capital strat- strategies, of which there are three big ones. There's the Blackstone Property Partners uh, Property Partners platform, the Blackstone Real Estate Income Trust, the Blackstone REIT, and then the Blackstone Infrastructure Partners. Now, the Blackstone Infrastructure Partners is listed and is down 16% this year. So you would think that would be a negative for the parent company. Uh, Blackstone Property Partners is not particularly transparent. Uh, I, I know that they have $15 billion of European assets on the platform, and there are bonds issued against those. those. Uh, and those bonds have been particularly poor, as you would expect, over the last year. And all I also know is that European property companies, listed property companies, have been diabolical, down nearly 50% typically from peak valuations not so long ago. So I'd assume there are some problems uh, if the Blackstone Property par- Partners were listing mark-to-market, there should be some problems there. Now, the, the Blackstone REIT is interesting. I think they only started really doing REIT business in 2017, and they have $67 billion of assets in there, which would make it, if it was, if it was floating or listed, one of the biggest REITs in the, in the world. Um, the question for me is, why has Blackstone entered the REIT market? The REIT market is big, existing for a long time. Um, and when we, look at, but when we look at the fact sheet for Blackstone REIT, it's pretty clear why they've gone to this market. So in their fee structure, you can see that they charge a 12.5% performance fee 
uh, on uh, anything over five percent performance in their pro- in in the REITs, which is fantastic for, fantastic fee for them. Uh, listed REITs do not charge this, so I think what they've seen is that the listed REIT market uh, was missing a trick on fees, and so they bought them and then rolled them into a, a Blackstone REIT, which is not listed. So it has the benefit benefit quotation marks of uh, not having the volatile market valuation and you can just report the Blackstone valuation. Uh, but what they've done is that we've seen a lot of Blackstone M&A in the REIT area. Uh, PS, PS Business Markets, $5 billion. American Campus uh, for $13 billion, that's student housing. Uh, preferred Apartments for $4 billion. Blue Rock Grow for 2 And they also bought a uh, data center for $5 billion. I don't think that's in the list in the Bloomberg, in the Blackstone REIT, uh, because they, they don't really report a big data center there. And then we can go and look at their fact sheet, and you can see that they're mainly in Florida uh, and in Texas. That's their sort of two biggest markets, uh, and they specialize in sort of uh, uh, in rental housing, a lot of student housing in particular. Now, what is weird, again, is that Blackstone was reporting rising AUM, including in the real estate sector, but what we saw was that uh, early this year, uh, uh, Blackstone had to gate redemptions from its REIT product. People were like, you know, investors were saying, you know what, your valuation is wrong. We're going to redeem from that. And so whenever they get more than 5% of the NAV as redemptions, they gate. So they saw big ones. Now they're reporting that those requests have come way down. Um, I struggle to understand why that would be because if we look at the closest uh, approximation of that is the Bloomberg apartment REITs, uh, which have fallen from, on this one, 600 to sort of sub 400, while the Bloom, uh, Blackstone REIT is still at all-time highs. So you would see, you would think there's to be awesome pressure on redemptions there. And so, you know, why, uh, you know, wh- so when I put it all together, the macro data for me is saying, you know what, there should be a lot of financial pressure on all these Blackstone real estate products, at least. Private equity is a little bit trickier because there's all sorts of different businesses, but the, the real estate business should be really struggling. So why is AU, why are they reporting AUM rising? Why is the stock doing better than expected? And I think the reality is, is that, you know, Blackstone is looking at the underlying collateral values. And what we see if we look at the sort of case-shiller US national house price index is we're back at all-time highs. And so for them, if you're looking, you know, forgetting about the financing or doing a look-through, or if you've assumed some very long-dated financing structure where you don't change interest rates very much, but you see the underlying collateral is still rising, then you can say, you know what, our funds are fine. The collateral's fine. If we need to liquidate, we get you the valuations you wanted back, no problem. Uh, and I think that is what the sort of, you know, Blackstone is trying to do here or what they have been doing, which is why AUM... It's held up. They can roll it over. They have to do any markdowns because valuation underlying assets have held up strong, even though interest rates have risen. So what does that mean? Well, you know, for me, what I see is that uh, interest rates in the US and elsewhere are going to keep rising until property markets crack, until we get some sort of deflationary collateral market price action, right? You will see upward pressure on interest rates. And that's both from an economic and political perspective. No one really wants to see rising property prices, not like they've been rising so much. 
So when I look at, and you know, in China where property prices are falling, interest rates are lower because they get that deflationary price action. So for me, you know, you might be worried about showing something like a Blackstone because what if interest rates fall? You know, for me, they only fall if the underlying collateral prices begin to fall. And in that case, Blackstone will have a huge catch up to what listed assets have done. So for me, I'm looking at these and I'm thinking, you know what, whatever happens from here on in is bad news for Blackstone because they've, they've eaten up this sort of negative interest rates into their business model, uh, but they have not priced in the falling collateral that would be necessary for interest rates to fall. So for me, uh, Blackstone looks like a good shot. I hope that's interesting. Uh, stay safe. We'll talk again soon. Ciao.